You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Bust and Loose Baseball, hosted by Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer, gives you in-depth analytics and interviews on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Now, here's your host. Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer. This is Boston Loose Baseball. I'm Grant Paulson, joined as always by Toby Altizer. Producer Darius Dameron is alongside. Why don't we begin with Juan Soto being traded to the Yankees? And from a Nationals perspective, the realization of just how different his trade value was one and a half seasons ago to right now, when the Nationals got one of the great packages in the history of trade compensation in North American sports with all of the young talent they infused into their system. One of the game's best prospects, James Wood, set to graduate early this season. We've already seen their new shortstop, Abrams, and their new top lefty, Mackenzie Gore. Harleen Susana and Robert Hassel are still making their way to the majors, even though Hassel has stepped back as a prospect. But what a package that was. Meanwhile, I thought the trade, Toby, for both teams, the Yankees, made a lot of sense. You got Juan Soto for a year. You'll try to show him that he wants to be a Yankee after this season when he hits the market. You got a chance to win a World Series this year by adding one of the great offensive players in the game right now and and ultimately maybe ever the way he takes pitches draws walks get on base in this era and for the Padres they recouped as much as they could they took two swings of the three they were projected to to win a World Series with Soto they got to the NLCS in year one year two was a huge failure they didn't make the playoffs and now they're doing what the Nats did where they're kind of saying to themselves all right we're definitely not going to re-sign him we probably have to trade him as soon as possible to get the most back and they got five players they got four arms most of which are going to help them at the major league level, maybe all four of them this season. So I liked the idea for the Padres, but what they gave up for Soto versus what they got for him, obviously night and day. And another reminder that the Nationals did the right thing by trading him when they did. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense for both teams because if you look at the Yankees, this isn't your typical Yankees move. It usually isn't something where they're trading all these guys to go get their guys. It's usually signing them in free agency, but I think you almost get a trial run to show Juan Soto why he should stick around in pinstripes, which I think is a good idea for them, and they also have a team ready to compete. So you plug Soto in the two, three, four hole, whatever, however they decide to orient their lineup, and you've already got another World Series contender. You still got Garrett Cole. You still got Aaron Judge. So I think it makes sense for the Yankees. And they didn't have to give up too, too much, right? I mean, it's it's not like they gave up Jason Dominguez. It's not like they gave up, you know, one of their top dudes. And 
They didn't really have to mortgage anything on the major league roster either. So I think if you're the Yankees, it's a, it's a great move because you're going to be one of the few teams that has a realistic chance to keep him anyways in free agency. So go ahead and get him accustomed to playing there. And, you know, maybe he has a career year with a short porch at Yankee stadium. So we'll see with that. But for the Padres, yeah, I mean, they, they essentially had to redo the contract with Manny Machado. They've got Xander Bogarts. They've got some stars still, but they weren't going to be able to keep Juan Soto as well. I mean, we saw the report that they had to take out a loan just to do the payroll things at the end of the year. So it was clear they weren't going to be paying Juan Soto. So they had to move on. And again, it just shows you what a smart move and shrewd move it was by Mike Rizzo because the reality is if Juan Soto was on this baseball team for the last year and a half, how many more games do they win? 15, 20 over two years. So congratulations. You're a little closer to 500. You're not a playoff team. And so when you're in that sort of a situation and you can bring in the talent that Rizzo did, it shows how much better it is. And now the Padres were in a spot where similar to the Nationals, they looked ahead, saw they weren't going to re-sign them, and they had to move on and get whatever they could get. And it wasn't nearly the return that the Nationals got. Now, We'll see how it helps out the Padres. Like I said, they've still got talent on that team. So that's not to say that the Padres are just terrible. But when you look at the way that it reset the national system, really reset the Nationals organization by making one trade that brought in so much talent as opposed to what the Padres got where, yeah, it might bolster their pitching staff, but it didn't reset their entire team like the Nationals did. I think it just once again shows you that it was a smart move. And now I think... For any of the doubters, any of the people that were not on board with trading Juan Soto in the first place as a Nationals fan, I think this has to open your eyes that it was the right move. And, you know, I don't think there's any real chance he could come back in free agency next year. I think that'd be a fun story if that were to be something that happened. But the reality is you've got the possibility of having your franchise shortstop, franchise at least a top two pitcher is what we project him to be in the rotation of Mackenzie Gore and a possible MVP type bats and James Wood, all those guys coming from it. And I don't know that the Yankees got any player of that sort of caliber. So again, just it's awesome to see where the nationals are. And I mean, this is why we were talking about Mike Rizzo when his you know contract was up making those sorts of moves are what earn you new contracts and especially seeing what happened now. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be crazy to see him in pinstripes though. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. It will be. We can get into that in a second. I mean, but the trade they made, it, I, I viewed it as a no-brainer at the time. And I was working, if you go back and listen to all of our pods before and after, from the perspective that 
they unequivocally and irrefutably were not going to be able to re-sign him. Mm-hmm. When he turned down the 440, and I had the, the benefit of having a lot of conversations with people with the organization and on the Soto side as well, and I just, based on all those discussions, realized, okay, this is not going to end with a contract. If it was, then keep him, and he can be the centerpiece for your next championship iteration years down the road. But when it wasn't going to, and he was going to hit free agency after this season, and they were going into this downward spiral where they you know, clearly weren't going to be spending and were going to be rebuilding, it was just the ultimate no-brainer. It was the most obvious thing that they had to do, and fans were going to be upset, and you know that fans are going to be misguided when they hear that the guy who they love is being traded. I have his jersey in my closet too, by the way. Uh, he's my favorite player in baseball too, by the way. Like, I get it. Totally. I understand. Every kid's favorite player was Juan Soto. There's value in keeping him. Like all of these things can be true. And yet they did not only the right thing, but the only thing that they could have and should have done specific to the Padres. I mean, people were, were beaten up on them yesterday just because of what they gave up and then what they got back. But that was such a good deal for them. I thought yesterday, to be completely honest with you, like I was actually really impressed because you're trading what is just one year of Soto, who's almost certainly not going to resign with the Yankees, I would imagine. But they flipped him uh, and losing Grisham as well, who has some value. I think that was more cost cutting, as you talked about. But Michael King is a legit arm. He's mostly been a reliever. He started a little bit. It's long been speculated by the analytics community that he's a guy that could and should start and could be potentially, if nothing else, like a really good starter two times through the order through five or six innings. Um, but I, I want to see him in that role. I think that's a, a really nice find for the Padres. This prospect they got back, Drew Thorpe, is legit. Uh, one of the best pitchers in the Yankee system. Uh, he had a sub one whip as a starter last year. I mean, that's like lights out closer base runners averages per inning. Uh, he, he has been nasty, high strikeout rate, batting average against, I think, was like 200 on the nose. I mean, he is legit. He was pitching in double A. They've seen Vasquez, Randy Vasquez, and Johnny Brito in the big leagues, and both have had success and made some good starts. And then you add to that the value of Vasquez, Brito, and the innings they'll give you either back of the rotation or Penn and Higashioska. I just thought it was a no-brainer. From the Yankees' perspective, look, you got the bell of the ball here. I mean, for a season now, you've got a lineup that was bad last year that desperately needed help. And they have this week traded for Alex Verdugo, who's going to play right field, and now Soto, who they're going to put in left field. The only thing I don't like about this is that Judge is going to play center every day. Mm-hmm. And I think the wear and tear on his body, Toby, as a huge guy, like I talk about this with James Wood a lot. When you're when you're six seven, like James Wood can play center. You and I both saw it. He can fly. He can track balls. He can do everything. You don't want him to play center because center field is such a difficult position running around on the legs, you know, pulling up and stopping because other guys are angling over and starting stopping, running into the wall occasionally. You really would rather your big guys play the corner. It's just so much easier and less wear and tear. So I don't love that for Judge in terms of trying to keep him healthy. Maybe they're baking in that John Carlos Stanton definitely won't be healthy all year. So. You know, you slot Soto or Judge or, you know, occasionally into the DH role or something. I'm not sure. But uh, bottom line is, uh, what an amazing addition. I was thinking about it. I was like, well, Soto in that ballpark with the short porch and right, that, that could be 40-plus homers where I don't view him as a 40-home run guy, really. And then you think about it. 
honestly, he's not, he doesn't really pull the ball that often when he's going well It's center and left. So like I looked up the baseball savant metrics, he hit 35 home runs or whatever it was. I think it was 35 on the nose last year uh, in New York at Yankee stadium, like all the same swings in the same distances, he would have hit 27 home runs. So he's actually not like tailor made for that ballpark as much as I would have thought. Uh, but I, I still, I mean, it's going to be, you know, 470 on base, all the walks. He's going to get a bunch of big hits for them in huge spots. He's going to hit 33, 34 home runs, maybe. Like, it's it's going to be cool to see. Yeah, it'll be the first time in my life that I'll cheer for the Yankees for about, what, three or four ABs a night? That's about it. But <laughs> it'll be the first time in my life that I'll care what's going on in the pinstripes and have a rooting interest. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be weird to see him there. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to see what it all entails. But, I mean, again, it's just – the excitement for Soto and all the stuff that surrounds it doesn't really touch right now what I feel for James Wood and Gore and Abrams and those guys. One thing I wanted to run by you, Toby, and something that came up on my DC show with Danny that I, I find interesting. Um, from a Nationals fan perspective, Soto moves on. Now he's a Yankee. This idea of does playing for more teams kind of water down a guy's greatness or make it, you know, when you're talking about these hall of fame talents, do you feel any differently or maybe less reverence when a guy bounces around like what Max has done at the end of his career? He'll, he's played on six teams now, diamondbacks, tigers, nationals, Dodgers, Mets, Rangers, right? Soto, because he doesn't want to sign or, or Boris doesn't want him to sign, whichever you prefer, like he's gone from possibly just staying in Washington for his whole career or maybe going to free agency and being with two teams forever. Like he's now Washington, the Padres, the Yankees, and maybe another team next year. Like it could be a three teams in a couple seasons kind of guy. Do you feel any differently about great players just when they bounce all over the place? Does it water it down at all for you? It does feel funny, right? I mean, it's when you think of the great players and especially like a Derek Jeter, right? I mean, one team, it kind of seems like it adds to the mystique. But at the same point, it's going to feel like this at the beginning for Soto. But the reality is he's going to hit free agency next year. He's going to be 26 years old. And wherever he signs, he's probably going to finish his career with, right? That He's going to get like a 10-year deal or, you know, like a Harper, a 13-year deal. So he's probably going to end up playing there. So for right now, for Juan Soto, it's like, wow, three teams in two years? It's kind of crazy. But then wherever he ends up deciding to go, whether it's staying with the Yankees, going somewhere else, that's probably where he's going to be remembered. I mean, think about another sports analogy. Think about Shaq. Right. I mean, he played for so many different teams, but, you know, growing up, I didn't get to watch him with the Lakers. But when I think of Shaq, I think of the Lakers. Right. You think of where he's most dominant or maybe where he spends the most time. I think for Soto, I don't know that it really waters down his greatness, though. Right. I mean, he's going to go somewhere else and spend the majority of his career. And maybe that's maybe more of where he's remembered. But I don't think it waters down greatness with a guy like a Juan Soto. It's different if it's a guy like Max at the end of his career. But even so. I think Max is still pitching fairly well. It's not the same guy that we saw in the Curly W, but you know he, he's still pitching fairly well. But I don't know that it waters it down, but it is, it's odd to see when you have a superstar like Juan Soto, like one of the best young hitters we've ever seen in Major League Baseball, and he's about to suit up for his third team in three years. Yeah, to me, it just feels like 
there there's it makes me think there's a value to to re-upping or and I don't mean with the Nationals specifically but to re-signing I just when you think of guys that pinball around to a bunch of teams there's this journeyman feel to you're not very good no one wants to keep you kind of thing not you're the best and everybody wants to keep you but because you're so valuable and you don't want to stay there necessarily uh, they have to get rid of you so it's it's just a weird thing 